gospel. Prepare your hearts to receive what the Lord would say to us this morning through our pastor. How many of you are eagerly anticipating the Lord's presence, the Lord's hand, and the Lord's direction to you, His word to you? His Word, you know, Jesus is the Word, and Jesus is the Word made alive to us. And His Word is why we're here this morning. And it's only by Jesus, by the Word, that we are able to come and we are able to confidently look to the future and expect great things. Now, we don't have to look to the future and be afraid. We don't have to look to the future and say, man... I don't know, but that we can look to the future and that there is the hope of glory within us, that confident expectation that the Father is in our future. You know, fear is only an absence, let me say it differently, fear is a form of atheism. It's imagining a future without God, imagining a future where God is not. And so, you and I... We can imagine a future where God is because He's promised to be there. I am the same today, tomorrow, and forever. He's not in the business of changing. And so He's going to be just like He's been. And if you want to know what God will do, just look at what He has done. And that will tell you what He will do. Because He's the same. He's consistent. He's faithful. He is forevermore. Always was. Always is and always will be. So hallelujah, that's going to be what we're going to eat today. (laughs) I like it. I'm hungry, he says. I looked forward all week to being with you. I longed to be with you all week because I knew that the Lord was going to touch us. The Lord was going to encounter us. Before we get into what we're going to uh, eat today, I want to encourage you, as uh, Jen already made mention, about our home groups, and to, even if you're not part of the home group, do go on and listen to this series. That way, we as a church will grow in step with each other, and we will expand with each other in the knowledge of God's will about finances. And the series, Will Jesus Wear a Rolex, we did post it on our Facebook page. You can find it there. It was Maybe a several weeks ago, so scroll down on the page a little bit and you'll see it. And, um, or one of us can text you the link or tell you where to find it. It's very simple. It's free. You can listen to it uh, on your phone or on the internet. Don't we live in an amazing time? We live in a time without excuse. Paul could only have dreamed and imagined, maybe, I mean, if he was really imaginative, All of the opportunity that we have to be full of the Word. You know, he carried scrolls, right? We don't have scrolls. We've got all the scrolls that Paul had and many more available in that little thing you call a phone. You just log online, you can read it it all. And so we can listen to things as we go about our daily job. We can stay full of the Word. So more than ever before in the history of mankind... We are responsible to be full of the Word because we have more opportunity than they had before. And so let's not squander those opportunities. Also, I wanted to mention that um, we wanted to rejoice. You know, last week when we went through the question and answer session, by the way, um, you, you know about the question and answer card. Somebody hold one up. I don't have one here in front of me. Okay, there's one. So you can uh, fill out those, those uh, cards with a question or a testimony and put it into the offering basket and then um, we will work towards answering that question here in the sanctuary with everybody. And um, you can look at the card and it explains on there how it works. And so if you have, uh, have something like that that we could all grow from and learn together, why, why do that or give it to an usher and they will make sure it gets to the right place. And last week we mentioned how that uh, Robin and Mim, how they had, uh, were expecting to be out of debt and 
as a testimony, they were saying in six weeks, and she had written it the week before, so I guess in four weeks. But you know, they, they already accomplished that. The time was shortened, so let's rejoice with them. Congratulations. If you've ever been in debt and you understand the bondage that that can be and then for someone to finally get rid of all of it and pay it all off and that's a liberating feeling so we rejoice with them and we believe God to do it for all of us that we'd be able to pay off our bills even earlier than we expected, right? Sooner than we expected and anticipated. God is a God of abundance and more than enough. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills plus he owns a hill. So there's plenty where that came from. All right, turn in. Um, actually, before we turn there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some scriptures to you. John, do you have the NIV or the NLT? I have the NLT. Okay, so, uh, you know, we have, uh, at the, the time and the season that we're in, let's just talk about that a little bit before we go further. Everything that's been happening with the coronavirus talk and all of the... <laughs> That's funny right there. That's right on cue. So there's a lot of fear being manifest in the world today. And um, of course it gets overhyped with the media, how they're approaching the whole thing. And it doesn't mean that there's not um, precautions to be taken and things to be done to um, stay germ-free, you know. However... It's been sensationalized to the point where a wave of fear has come across the planet. I mean, this last week, I, I was calling it the week the world went crazy, you know. <laughs> As was already referenced, toilet paper is gone, and I'm for sure washing my hands now, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> but you know, in this time, and in this, this time... The Word says that He has not given us a spirit of fear. So anytime that fear comes and is knocking on the door, we can identify that that is not of Christ. And we are given instructions on how to deal with spirits that are not from the Lord. We address them as beings and we command them to leave. And we don't yield to them. We don't give place to them. We don't open the door and invite them in to sit on the couch. Because the next thing you know, they bring in all their brothers and sisters, all a bunch of other spirits come with them, and then, then you just got problems everywhere. So we don't yield to them even for a minute, and we're going to stay strong in the Word and in our faith and in our focus at looking to the answer. And I, many times I use Peter as an illustration when he was walking on the water and how the wind and the waves were inspired fear for him. And, and when he started yielding to that fear is when he was suddenly needing a life jacket or needing to be rescued, right? And Jesus rescued him. And so, for you and I, if you have already gotten into fear, here's the good news for you. Jesus rescued Peter and He'll rescue you too. You don't have to stay there. And even better news is you don't ever have to get into it to begin with if you're still on that side of it. And so we're just going to stay free of fear and we're going to draw near to the Lord and He's going to draw near to you and, and we're going to even wash our hands. <laughs> Did you know there's Scripture like that? Put, put James 4, um, let's see, 4, 8 up in the NLT or NIV, one of them. Draw near to the Lord, expect Him to do things for you and wash your hands. You don't believe me, do you? James 4, verse 8. See, there it is. Come near to the Lord and He will come near to you. And wash your hands. <laughs> That's not all of the verse, right? I'm taking it out of context. and having a little bit of fun with it. But you know, my point is, is our first point of attack is in the spiritual realm. And then we do the things in the natural we know to do, like wash our hands, right? Okay.
Last week we started a series called Growing to Full Maturity, and we're going to put that on hold for this Sunday. Uh, in, in reality, today is just a step in that journey. However, it's not going to be part of that series. And um, before this, you know, we had gone through a number of Sundays teaching about being redeemed from the curse of the law. And how that in Deuteronomy 28, it tells us in verse 15, it says that if you don't follow what the law tells you to do, all these curses are going to come on you. And if you jump all the way down to verse 61, and in between there it goes through all these kinds of sicknesses. And then in verse 61 of Deuteronomy 28, it says that any, any sickness not named in the book of the law is part of the curse of the law. So coronavirus was not named back then in that book. So certainly it falls under the qualification of any sickness not named in this book. And then if you'll go read Galatians 3.13, it tells us that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And all the things that were a part of the curse of the law. And we spent weeks looking at this and being redeemed from the curse of the law. And we ended that series with beginning the series on there being power in your mouth. See, the first step to walking free of the curse of the law after the work of Jesus is for you to believe it and you to say it. Believing and speaking. Paul said, we believe, therefore we speak with a spirit of faith. And so for you and I, part of what we have been learning, we have been seeing, okay, we're redeemed from the curse of the law, from sickness, from, from sin, from uh, poverty and all these things, we're redeemed from that. But now our step in this is we need to begin to say it. And then we are now further into the next series, past the power in your mouth, called Growing to Full Maturity. How, would you, how do you grow up? Simply by putting into practice what you know. So you've learned that you're free from the curse of the law, that you are redeemed, that Christ paid the price. You've learned that there's power in your mouth and that you need to believe it and say it. And from a believing place, say it. Not, not from unbelief, not like a robot, not like a parrot, remember? The parrot, Polly wants a cracker. You can, you can teach a parrot to say anything. doesn't believe it. But us speaking from belief, and as we do that, that is our step in growing up, in maturing, is speaking and believing and putting to practice what we already know so that's what this morning, what we're, what we're looking at. I want you to turn uh, with me to Luke chapter 22, Luke 22 and verse 44, 44, yes, 22, 44. That's not the scripture I had in mind. Okay. Jesus said that all the Psalms and all the prophets and all the law must be fulfilled. That's what Jesus said in one of his teachings. He said all the Psalms, all the prophets, and all the law concerning me must be fulfilled. So what we're going to look at this morning are some Psalms. And we're going to look at some prophets, okay? And all of these things have to be fulfilled concerning Jesus. So nothing that I read to you this morning is poetry or has passed away or has lost its prescription strength. Are you hearing me? None of it has lost its prescription strength. And it was prescribed for something very particular and we're going to look at what that was today. So, um, Psalms 91. Now, we're going to do something different this morning. We're going to read it off of the screen together, out loud. We're going to read a whole bunch of scriptures this way. We haven't, we haven't really done this here. And, um, but we're going to do that this morning. Well, we read things together. And you can put it up in the Holman, John. Psalms 91. And we're going to start in verse 1. And let's just read it together. Every now and then we may take a pause and I may, may uh, expound a little bit on something. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He himself will deliver you from the hunter's net, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Hold it right there. So, the plague that stalks in darkness. In other words, you don't see it. Isn't that the whole thing with the, this virus? Is they're, they're going, how does it spread? We don't know how it spreads. Maybe it's when people cough. Maybe it's when you touch something. How long does the germ live on a doorknob or on a piece of cloth? And There's so many things they don't know and they're trying to figure out. That's because it's in darkness, right? It's shielded from them. And so they're, they're researching that and they're trying to turn the light on to it. But that's the perfect description of the plague that, that is stalking in darkness, the terror that's at night. It's the unseen. I mean, all germs and viruses fall under this unseen category, right? Without a microscope, you're not going to see it. And so, the plague that stalks in darkness, we're not going to... It said He's our shield. He's our protective shield from these things. Okay, let's keep reading. Though a thousand fall at your side... And 10,000 at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. Someone say, the pestilence will not reach me. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord my refuge, the Most High, your dwelling place, no harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent. All right, let's say that. No harm will come to me. No plague will come near my house. Okay. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Now who do we know is the dragon, is the serpent? He's referred to as Satan, right? And all these things that would come, things of destruction. He's not meaning that we go out and find a real lion, a real cobra, and try to stand on their heads, right? That's not what he's talking about. These are are figurative words for spirits. Because he is lovingly devoted to me, I will deliver him, I will exalt him because he knows my name. Do you know his name? Yeah, do you know his? Because he knows my name. Because the church of the Word International and its people are lovingly devoted to me, I'm going to do all these things for them. Because they know my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. Okay, hold it right there. Rescue means you're in trouble. Darkness means you can't see. Thousands fall on one side and 10,000 on the other side means it's, you're in the midst of it. See, we like to have these fairy tale ideas that, oh, Psalms 91, and all trouble stays far away from me. It's not what it says. It says you're going to be surrounded with it, but untouched. There's a difference. And you may even get into situations like, whoa, this one here looks like it's pretty severe, right? That you need rescue from. And he rescues you. So just because something, man, I got the corona, you know. And so now it's like, what am I going to do? The, the, the Psalm 91 didn't work for me. Oh, it's still working. He says he's going to rescue you. <laughs> that sounds funny. I got the corona. <laughs> Should have added virus on there for all our internet listeners to keep it in context, you know. <laughs> all right, let's read again. I will satisfy him with long life and show him my salvation. 
All right, let's read that again, but let's make it for ourselves. He will satisfy me with a long life and show me His salvation. Next on my list to read this morning was Psalm 23. We already sang most of it. Let's go to Psalm 23. We're going to just do the same thing. We're going to keep reading these Scriptures together. Faith comes from hearing. Not hearing some guy's opinion on it. Hearing truth is the Word. Hearing the Spirit of Christ. And as you read and believe that What's written on the page becomes alive and the Spirit within you brings it, brings it to life within you and brings life and health to you. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. Is there anything left out? Nope. Okay, so what's the qualifier here? Shepherd. Lord is my shepherd. If the Lord is not your shepherd, the rest of the psalm does not belong to you. The whole thing hinges upon the Lord is my shepherd. Meaning, as His sheep, I do what He says. If you're not taking orders from the Lord, I don't care how much you say you're born again, you're not living like a believer. You have to take orders from Him. Be submitted to Him. As His shepherd, you go where He directs. You lay your life down where He tells you to lay it down. You pick it up where He tells you to pick it up. Alright, let's, let's start again. The Lord is my shepherd. Someone say, He's my shepherd. shepherd. Alright, this next line, let's read it together. There is nothing I lack. I like that. You know, the Lord, that's part of... Being redeemed from the curse of the law. Prosperity. Nothing I lack. No health. No toilet paper. Come on, it applies to these things, right? So if you're needing it, man, turn your faith on. There's nothing I like. Lord, thank you for TP. Back in my day, TP was so plentiful, we used to throw it over the trees of our enemies, you know. Let's go, let's go on. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hold it there. So... When we read the Psalm 23 here, so often we think of David the shepherd because remember he was a shepherd boy and he took care of his father's sheep. And so when we read Psalm 23, we think of the shepherd boy rather than the military man. Yet when the Lord identified David, what was the two things he said about him? He said, you're a man after my own heart. And he also identified him as a man of war. So the father was not looking at David as shepherd boy. And if you will read Psalm 23 through the eyes of a military commander or a, someone who is in military, and with that mindset, all of a sudden Psalm 23 will come a lot more alive to you. Here's what I mean. If you're beside quiet waters, and if you're in green pastures, That's a well-supplied place. That's a place to fight from. Because there's strength, there's provision there. You can camp, you can put the whole military army there, and they're equipped for battle. And a quiet water means it's a flat place. It's a place where you can array your army out how you like it. But you know the place you do not want to be caught is in the valley. Like that's the worst possible place, militarily speaking. Because you have no tactical advantage. Everyone is higher than you. And the, and the valley is where the ambush would happen. You're marching along, everything is fine, all of a sudden, wham, arrows are coming in. Where's it coming from? Well, we can't see. They're hiding behind the bushes up on the hill. They got, they're shooting down on us, and so you're, you can't hide behind things. And it's, The valley is the dangerous place. From, from a tactical advantage, where you want to be is just under the peak. So that 
When people look up, they don't see you against the skyline. You're just below the peak, but you have the high ground. That's where you want to be because it's always, you know, advantage goes to the person that has the high ground. And so he's saying, even when I'm in the valley, in the place we absolutely don't want to go, I'm not going to fear any evil. Because whether it catches me by surprise, whether it ambushes me, I know there's something there that protects me and it's a big stick. His rod and his staff. He's going to whoop on that wolf if it comes around. And even in the shadow of evil, even in the valley of the, not shadow of scary things, in the valley of the shadow of what? Death. Man, like, it's over kind of death. Even in that shadow. Meaning it's looming over you and the shadow is cast on you. It's not off in some faraway place because all of us, as long as we don't have any kind of virus and any kind of sickness, it's super easy for us to stand here and shout about it and yay, I'm standing in faith. But as soon as the shadow of death is hovering over us, and oh man, maybe, maybe it's not working. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe God hates me. Maybe, maybe, maybe. No, no, no. Even in that shadow of death, I will fear no evil. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. Now let's go on and read, because here's what comes next. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Listen, this is still down in the valley. Where the enemies were surrounded and attacking. And right in front of them, man, He puts out the spread. So we're going to feed right here. We're going to feed right in front of them. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to show all these foul devils watching that you are my chosen ones. That you are my body in the earth. My cup overflows. Go on to the next verse. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Just promises of, of protection. Promises of making it through. Promises of making it through. Go to Psalm 103 up on the screen. Listen, if you, if you go, hey, don't hug me... Um, I'm not, going, I'm not going to judge you or criticize or find fault with you if you say you don't want to do certain things because you're, you're seeing something in the natural that you, you want to stand on. I'm not going to criticize or find fault, and I'm going to encourage you not to do so to each other. I will say this, all of you are welcome to hug me, okay? Because, and the reason I say because this is where I'm at. Because I, I'm seeing and I'm saying, no, you know, I'm not going to give any room to that. I'm not going to walk foolishly. On the same hand, if someone has this virus and is sick, will I pray for them? Absolutely. I'm getting ahead of myself. Slow down, Pastor. Go back to Psalm 103. Verse 1. My soul praise Yahweh, and all that is within me praise His holy name. My soul praise the Lord. And do not forget all His benefits. He forgives all your sin. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. And we'll stop there. No, let's go one more. He satisfies you with goodness. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. I like this verse in particular because... I mean, this Psalms 103, He heals all your diseases means that you ended up with it at some point and you needed some healing. But you were rescued. So there is the promise of protection. But never fear if you go, hey, this thing got somehow through, through the cracks and landed on me. There's promise of rescue. There's promise of healing. He heals all my diseases. And the reason that I like verse 5 if you want to put that back up. He satisfies you with goodness. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. 
for this particular virus, you know who fare especially well against it is children and young people. And the older people get, statistic-wise, the more difficult it becomes for them. Just on their past statistics is what they're going off of. This is their report. And so, but your report is, I don't care if you're 80 or 100 or 280. Anyone 280? (laughs) No matter, your youth is renewed like the eagle. So you can be in full health and full life whether you're old or young. It's not an age-restricted thing. Are you understanding? It's not an age-restricted thing. Someone say, He satisfies me with goodness. My youth is renewed. Like the eagle. Alright, let's go to Isaiah 53, 4-6. Isaiah 53, 4-6. This is the passage. Okay, where we'd been reading was the Psalms. Jesus said all the Psalms that are written about me, and, and if you'll study it and you'll look at it, you'll see these Psalms were written about Jesus. And so these Psalms must be fulfilled, is what Jesus said. It's that or he's a liar. And so he also said, what the prophets said about me must be fulfilled. So here's what the prophets say. Isaiah 53. And in verse uh, 4. Yet he him, let's read together up on the screen. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses, and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken and struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on Him, and we are healed by His wounds. We are healed by His wounds. And you know, it, we can go all the way forward to First Peter 2, verse 24, I believe it is. First Peter 4, uh, 2, 24, where it says that, And by his wounds we were healed. Looking back at that event that happened on the cross. A promise that has happened for us that is already fulfilled that we can lay claim to. Why? Because Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And believing we can speak and declare and say. Let's go to Malachi. Put Malachi 4 verse 2 up on the board. Jen this morning was reading from Malachi about promise and you did read there, right? Uh, I walked out through part of that, so I didn't hear where all you ended up reading. And how that the Lord will rebuke the devourer. Where the Lord will rebuke the coronavirus. Okay? And then in, in 4, verse two, 2, let's read this. It says, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out and playfully jump like calves from the stall. I see you smiling because some of you know what that looks like. When you turn the calves out, or if you've ever had sheep and you turn the lambs out and they go out and kick their heels up and jump and run. I mean, some of us need healing just to be able to do that, right? (laughs) He, the son of righteousness, has risen. Has risen with healing in his wings. With life and health in his wings. All right, let's go to, uh, to John 16.33. 16.33. This is where Jesus is speaking to the disciples and He tells them to expect certain things, but then also what they should expect. John 16.33, let's read it together. Jesus is speaking. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Where is the coronavirus? In the world. Where is every other sickness, disease, tumor, diabetes, cancer, bladder infection, you name it, arthritis, It's all in the world. It's not out in the spiritual realm somewhere. It's here in the world. Jesus said, you're going to have suffering in this world. Hey, but cheer up. He didn't end it there. I'm so glad. He said, cheer up. 
I've overcome the world. Be courageous. Be happy. That, all that stuff, I've overcome the coronavirus, he says. Because that's part of the world. I've overcome. Say, I am courageous. Put up Romans 5.17 on the board. Let's read it together. Then we'll go to a few more. Romans 5.17. Such a beautiful passage of, of grabbing a hold of the grace of God by faith. It's faith and grace. And here, let's read this. It's up on the screen. Since by the one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. It's talking about Adam, okay? Okay, let's keep reading. How much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Does it say reign in the afterlife? Read it closely. Reign where? In life. That's in that world he was talking about where that trouble and tribulation and problems were at. Reign in the world. Reign in life. That's now. That's here. That's you and I called to be something different than just the world who's overcome and overrun by fear and disease and everything else that comes. Oh, believe me, it'll come, but our response to it is completely different than to someone who is subject to it. It doesn't mean we're stupid and don't wash our hands. It means that we wash our hands in faith and draw near to the Lord. And He cleanses us. Alright, put up, um, let's go Mark 16. Mark 16, and we'll read verse 17 and 18. These Scriptures here, Jesus is just getting ready to ascend back to the Father. He has been risen from, He's crucified. He's risen from the dead. And He is giving last, final, uh, not last, He's giving final instructions to the disciples before He leaves the planet in person to go sit at the right hand of the Father. And this is His last instructions to the disciples. He says, let's read together, and these signs will accompany those who believe. Now, He's not talking to the disciples. I mean, He's talking to the disciples about those who will believe. Those who do not yet believe because you and I were not yet born. We were not yet believing. But about those who will believe. Speaking to every believer that is to come. Now these signs will accompany those who believe. Let's read together. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new languages, tongues. Let's keep going. They will pick up snakes if they should drink anything deadly. It will never harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Important note, it's not talking about snake handling like you've heard about in the news sometimes. But again, it is talking about, you can read this in in Luke, you can go back and find Scripture where he refers to demons as scorpions and snakes. And here we know that's what he's talking about. That you can walk into the snake den. You can walk into where they are. You can handle those devils. They're not going to hurt you. And you cast them out. You don't play with them. Nowhere are we told to pet them and play with them. You throw them. You command them. You make them go. You drive them out. But here's the point I wanted to get to. Okay, so this morning, we know that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. We know that we have power in our mouth. And as we believe, so therefore we speak. And we know that we have been, been uh, healed from sickness and disease. We know that, you know, yes, those things come, but Jesus has overcome the world. And now here's our instruction. We're not called just to play defensive and, and sickness can't get in my door. That's not, you know, those promises and covenants are there, but we're called to so much more than that. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You and I's very presence in a situation is bringing healing and light and life. We are the difference makers because we are the body of Christ.
It does not say, and they will see sick people and keep their distance. (laughs) You think Jesus didn't know about germs? Of course he knew about germs. He knew exactly how they passed to each other. He said, and you're going to get all touchy-feely with them. Be healed in Jesus' name. Put hands on them. Yeah, he touched lepers. So again, where's our faith? Are we going to look at the wind and the wave? Or are we going to say, Lord, you will do what you've said you will do. And I walk in obedience to you. See, we're called to so much more than just being defensive and and putting up our fences and shields and saying, all right, this is a sickness-free zone. Yes, it's a sickness-free zone. And if you bring someone that's sick here, I expect their sickness to fall off at the property line. And they're just going to come in here and be healed. Like, how'd that happen? Well, you came to the presence of the Lord and Jesus touched you. Or when you go find them, you just lay hands on them and tell them they're healed right there. We take the offensive. Man, when the coronavirus wakes up in the morning, it's terrified when he sees you wake up. Because he knows can't do nothing around them. Ephesians 1, 17. We're going to read through verse 21, John. Ephesians 1, 17. This is a prayer that Paul had written to the, the church in Ephesus. That's in Turkey. And he said, I've heard about your faithfulness. And so here's how I pray about you. But let's make this more than Paul praying for them. Let's make this our prayer over each other, over ourselves. And then when we get to uh, verse 17, we're going to stop and pause there for a moment. So let's read together. Let's pray together. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the glorious riches of His inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His vast strength. Now listen, it's going to get really exciting. Let's read. He demonstrated this power in the Messiah by raising Him from the dead and seating Him at His right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every coronavirus, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Every name that is named, every title given, every name cancer has, every name sickness has, and coronavirus is a name. And His name is above that name. His name, you know, at His name, at His name, coronavirus has to stand at attention and go, whoa, whoa, don't go over there. And you can command it and direct it and make a way just like Moses walked through the Red Sea. I'm going to read to you um, for the next couple of minutes and then we're going to take communion together. I have a book. Many of you probably have it too. It's called God's Creative Power. It's by Charles Capps. Charles Capps has gone to be with Jesus now. And he was a man um, that believed what he said. All his life he said exactly how he would die. And he did it exactly like he said. Isn't that amazing? Called his family, told them goodbye, said, I'm going to go. And he did. In his sleep, that night, just like he said. In this book, what he does is he personalizes Scripture. And that's one of my favorite things to do is read the psalm, Psalms and personalize it. Or like that prayer in Ephesians that we just read, I make it about me. And I go, you know, and I put my name in and I say me and I instead of you and all of that stuff. I mean, I pray it over you too. 
But I, I mean, this is what I do personally. And so I take the Psalms and, and I personalize it and, and declare it. And so that's what he does in these books. And he says all these things. He just takes verses and kind of rearranges it and puts it in a personal format. And then underneath each of these statements that I will read, he puts a scripture verse where he gets the right to say this. Okay, that's how these books work. He has one called God's Creative Power. He has another one called um, it's God's Creative Power for Healing. And then he has one for Finances as well. And you can find them usually down in our library in the, uh, in the bookstore. This copy here comes from down there and it was the only one there. So we're going to resupply that. There's a whole bunch of financial ones there. And um, there may be one of these books down there as well. Here's how it goes. I am the body of Christ, and Satan has no power over me, for I overcome evil with good. I like that. Because that's all Scripture. It comes out of 1 Corinthians 12, 27. comes from Romans 12, 21. And so he just personalizes it. I'm going to read the rest of these about you, though. You are of God and have overcome him, Satan. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You will fear no evil, for the Lord is with you. His word and his spirit, they comfort you. You are far from oppression, and fear does not come near you. No weapon formed against you will prosper, for your righteousness is of the Lord. And whatever you do will prosper because you're like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. You are delivered from the evils of this present world, for it is the will of God. Yep, that's Galatians 1.4 if you're wondering. No evil will befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For the Lord has given His angels charge over you. And they keep you in all your ways and in your pathways life and there is no death. You are a doer of the word of God and are blessed in your deeds. You are happy in those things which you do because you are a doer of the word of God. You guys are missing out on a fine opportunity to be saying amen. You take the shield of faith and you quench every fiery dart that the wicked one brings against you. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Therefore, I forbid any sickness or disease to come upon your bodies. Every disease germ, every virus that touches your bodies dies instantly in the name of Jesus. Every organ and every tissue in your body functions in the perfection to which God created it to function. And I forbid any malfunction in your body in the name of Jesus. You are an overcomer. Let's say that together. I am an overcomer. And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. I am submitted to God. And the devil flees from me because I resist him in the name of Jesus. Great is the peace of my children. For they are taught of the Lord. Let's just keep doing that. That's more fun than me reading it over you. I am increasing in the knowledge of God. I am strengthened with all might. According to His glorious power. I am delivered from the power of darkness. And I am translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. I am born of God and I have world overcoming faith on the inside of me. For greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. I will do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. I let the peace of God rule in my heart. 
And I refuse to worry about anything. Say, I refuse. I will not fear. I do not fear. My heart is settled upon the Word of the Lord. He renews my mind. He gives me the mind of Christ. My gaze is fixed on Him. His Word is alive in me. Yeah. That's how we roll. Now, all of this is based upon a covenant. A covenant that Jesus established for you and I. And we're going to here in just a moment take part of it. And Jesus, at the Last Supper, He he took the bread and He broke it and He gave it to the disciples and He said, take and eat because this is my body. And it's given for you. And then He took the cup and He blessed it and He thanked, He was thankful that He got to share this with the disciples. The cup was, it meant His blood. And He said, take this. This is the new covenant in My blood for you. And covenant means what is God's belongs to you. And what is yours belongs to God. That's covenant. So when Jesus taught His disciples beforehand, He had taught them to pray, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So now He is, not only has He taught them to pray it, He is establishing the legal rights for it to be that way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven through this covenant. So we're going to take this covenant together and we're going to believe God that it is our foundation, our truth. It's where our faith is established. It's what we speak from is that covenant, being a son and a daughter of of the Father. I knew my children were getting it the other day when, when my littlest one, she's four, she said something about her brother. Something, something was going to happen, but her brother saved us. I said, who's your brother? She goes, Jesus. Yeah, see, we're being a child of God makes you the brother of Christ. Or him, your brother. <laughs> All right, ushers, if you would come and, and prepare this and... Um, Who would like to uh, take part in passing out the elements? Let's see some hands and I'll just bring some people. Levi, why don't you come? Why don't you come? Um, Trina, why don't you come? And we need one more. Gene. And one of you for each side take, uh, take the cup, the other one the bread, and just make sure everyone gets some. And you can hold it and we're going to take it together. And while they're passing that out, just worship the Lord. Thank Him for, the, for your covenant. John, I'll turn it over to you for just a moment until it's passed out. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to Family, I encourage you to, at home, take communion at home. Take it with your family. I mean, you can do it every day. It's not like you're going to do it too often. As a reminder, establishing that covenant, I'm on the covenant that you've made for me, Lord. I agree with the covenant. It's one of the most powerful things you can do at home together as a family. Especially during this time when fear is all around you. But you don't look at the fear, you look at the covenant. It doesn't matter what what it is. It can be a cracker, it can be bread, it can be... Don't get hung up on the ingredient. I've, I've taken communion with all kinds of drinks. From water to orange juice to you name it. The point is, is what is it signifying? That covenant cup, the blood of Jesus that cleanses you from all sin, makes so that you can stand before the Father completely clean, 
completely whole. No shame, no guilt. He's not holding back from you. He looks at you and loves you. And then the bread, the cracker, the whatever that you're using that is signifying the broken body of Jesus. As He hung on the cross, that He did that for our healing, for our health, for, for our youth being renewed like the eagle. So let's go ahead and take the bread, break it, take it for your health and life. for our healing. We thank You. We praise You. You are worthy of our praise. We just receive health. We receive healing in the house right now. In everybody. Healed and whole. Every cell renewed and filled with the life of God. Arthritis. You gotta go have to go. I command you, leave and be healed in Jesus' name. Pain, you got to go, you got to get. Now leave. Diabetes, you leave and be healed in Jesus' name. Healed, whole, every part, every cell working, functioning properly right now. And Father, where there needs to be new organs, I just ask you right now, to put a new organ and I speak a new organ into your body in Jesus name Father we know that all this is possible because of the blood of Jesus the blood Jesus gave for us that sealed and signed that covenant for us that gave us the right to even ask you these outlandish things and I thank you for that blood let's take it together giving us an account of your righteousness. Thank you that you've made us to be righteous. You've made us to be your sons and daughters. So no more fear. Someone say, I will not fear. I purposely wore this shirt today. Because we're not called, we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of love. So let's walk in love. Right? Let's, let's take care of each other. Let's look after each other. Hey, are you staying free of fear? Let's look after each other. And someone goes, man, I don't know. I'm starting to get be, be worried about this whole thing. Man, speak life to each other. Encourage each other word says, you know, get together, encourage each other even more. So as the day is approaching, in this time, in this season, we, I need you. You need me. We need each other, right? Look at your neighbor and say, I need you. All right, I declare the peace of God upon you. I declare life and health. Ha! <laughs> life and health on you life and peace upon you in the name of Jesus. 
everywhere you go, every place you put your foot, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ shines. And you walk in victory. You walk in authority. So open your mouth and speak and believe and speak and believe and speak and be the body of Christ in the earth today. And amen. All right, we have a time of fellowship downstairs. Everyone is invited and we will uh, love on each other as you go. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I just invite you this morning to join me as we enter His presence with praise, with singing, with dancing, and every other form and expression of joy to the Lord. So stand with me if you would and let's, let's uh, present ourselves to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your great love. Thank you for being good. And we acknowledge your goodness this morning, your kindness, your mercy, your faithfulness. God, you are awesome and worthy of our praise this morning. You said even from children that a from their mouth comes the stronghold of praise. That praise to you establishes a strong place. And Father, we just established this morning praise to you. Praise from this place in Landisville, Pennsylvania, Lord. We acknowledge you as God. We worship you this morning. And we exalt you. And amen. Let's worship. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, that's saying a whole lot more than you may think you're saying. The literal to that means I will dwell in the house for length of days. In the house of the Lord for length of days. So as you declare that, you are declaring longevity because of the presence of the Lord. I will dwell in the house of the Lord for length of days, for long life, for full life. Nothing cut short. So when you say, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, it's not talking about coming to the church house and living here, so don't pack your bags. <laughs> but in the presence of the Lord, with you as His temple. And in His very presence, you live and dwell for length of days forever. We're going to go ahead and send the children to uh, Children's Church and the ministry workers to their various places. At the end of the service, we are going to have communion. And so we will send the elements down to um, the ministry workers so that you can serve the children as well. And then we'll have communion up here. So we will be doing that at the end of the service. In the meantime, why don't you turn and bless someone. Tell them they're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Church of the Word International. What better place to be this morning than in the house of the Lord with people that love each other and love the Lord? We're going to prepare to return our tithes to the Lord this morning and turn in your Bibles to Psalms 37. How many know we are blessed and we are protected? Amen? And you know, one mark of a child of God is being a giver. And I'm just going to read a few scriptures here. Psalms 37, uh, contrasting the wicked and, and <clears throat> excuse me, the righteous. Psalms 37, start at verse 21, says, The wicked borrows but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives. For those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. Jumping over to verse 25, says, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. God never leaves us, never forsakes us. No matter what comes, he says, I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread or toilet paper. He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. This is the mark of the righteous. Jumping down to 39 and 40. 
The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. That word salvation, we could translate that deliverance or rescue. So the deliverance, our deliverance, are you righteous in God? So our deliverance is from the Lord. He is their stronghold. Definition there, let's, we could define that as protection, place or means of safety, refuge or harbor. All right, he's our place of safety in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because, here's why, they take refuge in him, because they put their trust in him, because they're hoping in the Lord and in his word. The righteous are givers, the wicked are takers. You see that there in verses 21 and 22? The righteous know that their sustenance and ability to give comes from the Lord. And they're not afraid of calamity. Why? Because they have put their refuge, their place of safety, their protection in the Lord. They made him their hope. Now, one of the ways we give God access to protect and provide for us is by tithing. Now, I know we could all quote Malachi 3, 10, and 11, but I just want to, if you want, turn to that. I took out my marker. But Malachi 3, 10, and 11, I want you to notice um, some things here. Because if you study into the tithe, you will see two things. You'll see provision and protection. And he says, test me in this. I'm kind of paraphrase. Test me in this. See if I will not open... Bring in the full tithe. I skipped that part. Bring in the full tenth, we could say. Bring in the full 10% into my storehouse. And see, test me in this. See if I won't do this. See if I won't open the windows of heaven for you. There's three parts in these two verses. He says, for you. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out for you a blessing until there is no more need. Do you see that? Provision. And abundance. Then he goes on and he says, and he'll rebuke the devourer for you. So he won't ruin your stuff, ruin your income, destroy your income. This is what is done for the tither. So that's protection. So glory to God. Are you happy for that this morning? Are we standing on that this morning? We're going to return the tithe to him with a glad heart, expecting he'll do what he said he would do. Provide and protect. All right, let's take a hold of our tithe and our offering and let's pray. Father, we are so glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We're glad to be with your people. We're thankful for your word. And we just, with glad heart, return the tithe to you. We thank you for your promise. We thank you for your promise of provision and protection. That we are not forsaken. We're not uh, left alone no matter what comes. That we have a place of refuge a place of strength and safety with you. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets. And the people will give to the Lord.